if you have that want to do it, you need to do it. Like I always wanted to do stuff like this, and until Mary influenced me and mm-hmm. traveling, now it's changed my life for the better. Yeah. But I've always had the want, but I was always scared of. Because the logistical how, part of it. How, how, how am I going to do it? <laughs> yeah. How do I do it? How am I going to do it? You just have to kind of go out on a limb. Yeah. You just have to do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. Feeding Curiosity is a podcast all about exploring the precarious human experience and think, question, and synthesize wherever your curiosity takes you. In today's episode, we are joined by Mike and Mary Tacona. Both of them have appeared on this podcast separately, and I highly recommend you check their episodes out as well as this one. Um, Mike and Mary are one of my oldest friends, Mike is kind of my friend behind the scenes. He was on episode number one with me when this whole idea got off the ground and now we're here at episode 63. But I digress. In this episode, it's basically as fantastic as I could have imagined because I've wanted them to talk about these particular things. They're both nurses, so for one thing. And I've also wanted them to talk about their travel adventures because the fact that they're nurses and then they make time to travel and and live life basically and just experience the world I think is a great blueprint to have to do something out of the norm where people feel like they don't have time to experience the world as effectively because there's always something else that is eating that up and this conversation does not disappoint and I really highly recommend in this episode actually to go and look at our show notes because they mention so many places and national parks and places they've been to um, and just to add more flavor and context to what they are so you can see it because I think seeing it and hearing how passionate they get about the stories that they have to share um, really adds so much to it and as like I said Mike and Mary are kind of this little tag team and duo that I really look up to and respect because of the the fact that they're able to do this and then that just how they interact with each other and explain these stories is just it's just a treat and we barely even scratch the surface here with this is only like an hour and a half conversation and there's just so much more to unpack even with nursing and then toward the end we get into a Costa Rica field station uh, study abroad program that they were able to go to and I think that has shaped how they look at the world and just the kind of impact they want to make as well and just being able to share that here really just you know adds so much character so with that everyone please enjoy this eye-opening and enlightening conversation with Mike and Mary Tacona. We're back with another episode of Feeding Curiosity, joined this time together with Mike and Mary. Hey, hey. Hello. Been a long time, guys. Like, for real. It's like episode 30 or something like that. Yeah. Mike, you're like 19. I think so. <laughs> well, you also did the, the food one outdoors. Oh, right. So that was like a, a little... Micro that was an experiment. Here. Yeah, it was an experiment. Yeah, that was fun. But we haven't been on here together. Yeah, nope. that's the first time. How far, my sister? <laughs> well, <laughs> so I think it's worth like to start this is kind of just saying what your professional backgrounds are because they're one very similar and two it's like it, I think it adds a lot to like how you're able to do everything you do in a lot of ways. All right, so we're both registered nurses. We're also freshly married. Yes. Fresh. Three and a half weeks. <laughs> and counting. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> and counting. Um, but we're both registered nurses. Uh, we actually work out of the same place. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Um, I work in the emergency room. I work on the post-surgical unit. And yeah, I've been in nursing stuff. since 2011. I haven't been in RN since 2011. You've been nursing? That's a long time. I finished I uh, nursing school. <laughs> I think I talked about that yeah, last time. December, I finished nursing school. So eight months he's now. He's a fresh baby nurse, but he's better than a lot of the people on his floor, apparently. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I would say I'm growing He's fast. growing at a high, what's oh. the curve? Well, Learning curve? Yeah. Because I've been exposed to nurses, even like during nursing school and everything, I kind of had. And before, before you even started school, yeah. I was a nurse. Right. I had uh, fertilizer for my seed, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For my nursing seed. Yeah, so I like, shouldn't have said what I said. No, so like, <laughs> I did, that, that's why I'm saying I like grew fast and I feel like I'm really determined, always kind of have been, so. I was able to adjust oh, yeah. quickly. I'm still learning a lot of stuff, you know. I mean, I think I think a lot of what, the I reason you're able to move fast is because of your sports background. Sports you background. So much time in sports. Sports background, but at the same time, like sports really got me frustrated, and I feel that kind of uh, helped me deal with my frustrations because, <laughs> like, I was like a perfectionist. If I screwed up something, you know, I really tried to take time to fix it or i would just walk off i remember when i was like uh with 13 14 years old and i walked a couple kids in a row i literally pulled myself out of the, i just walked to the, to the bench into the dugout you're like i'm done yeah it was, <laughs> it was messed up but i had a lot of like self-confidence issues so i think that kind of like reflecting on that and taking time off of school and being a waiter and a bartender working in fast-paced environments you kind of just learn how to focus on, yeah. on your priorities and how to organize. So this is something that actually Jordan said to me yesterday. Mm. I wonder what you guys say. Because people have told Jordan that he would do good as like a nurse or someone in healthcare because he's good with people because he works as a bartender. Is that a true statement? Because I feel like it's a very, like it's similar in the sense yeah. you're serving other people. But so, uh, so I'll start with that. I'll say I actually used that in my interview when I was mm. on, uh, when I was a patient care tech, when I was a nurse's aide, they kind of, you know, they ask why do you think you're good for this this spot? And it was like a nursing student position. They were the plan was to hire me afterwards. So I used that in my interview, saying because of my experience in the restaurant, you learn how to deal with people with that are both happy, sad, angry. How to serve them? How to make them feel comfortable and relaxed? Mm -hmm. And you're constantly doing that with a bunch of different people nonstop. So, yeah. so it is, it's technically the service industry in a way nursing is, um, when I had a, um, I'm in the residency program for nursing right now, they basically said to us, one of the ladies said to us, nursing is customer service. So it does go hand in hand. And she did mention how a lot of servers or waiters, like in their history, they actually do make good nurses. Mm -hmm. So it does kind of go hand in hand. And Jordan's very gentle. I feel like he's got a soft voice. He, when you're around him, you kind of have that comforting feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just, he's like a, he's a good aura to be around, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Interesting. He's soft. Mary, what's your, what's <laughs> not your take? That, not like that, Jordan. You're <laughs> soft. But he's soft. No, it's fine. Soft spoken. <laughs> uh, he's just a well-rounded. Yeah. Well, not just a shame. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of, well, I told him, Mike, like, hey, like being a server, you're balancing X amount of tables. I've never been a server. Right. 
That's why I wanted you, to ask you. Because you, you have, have different you know, this table, this table, this table, and then this one wants their food, and you put in this ticket, and you have to remember this, and then you're serving them, and then they want ketchup, and you have to get them ketchup. And honestly, still being a nurse, sometimes people are asking for ketchup. Yeah. And you're like, dude, I went to, you know. I walk into the room carrying like two glasses in my left hand and the water pitcher and a juice. Or and like stuff. their food, fu- like inpatient. I don't work inpatient anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. their food tray will come and they'll be like, oh, they forgot to give me ketchup. And then you're like searching the unit for leftover ketchup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you- not that that's what makes you a good nurse getting ketchup, but it's like the prioritization of your tables as a server. And it's. I mean, same thing. A lot of cosmetologists, hairstylists also do well in healthcare. Um, I remember in nursing school, we had a lot of 30-ish, like mid-30s who had been doing hair or being servers, you know, working in service. Mm-hmm. Directly that, with people. Di- yeah, directly. You're working like, on you're somebody. You're doing basically. their hair. Right. You're mm-hmm. giving them food, you know, you're serving them whatever i can't in our case we're serving in medicine i can't think of other things off the top of my head but a lot of it goes like hand in hand i who was i talking to this is years ago when i was in Mm -hmm. school though because i was also thinking about going and getting my cosmetology license Mm -hmm. you know like anna my sister yeah um because you know, like they, they're very similar. Like they're very, very, very different. So you but knew you do well in but it. But they're similar because yeah. like when Anna was in cosmetology school, you know, and she's also been a server, you know, right. um, but like they have to take a general anatomy class. I oh, mean, wow. you're cutting someone's hair, yeah. you know, you're getting clippers near a guy's head. You have to learn the anatomy of the head. Yeah. You know, the, you know? Different, the different bones of the skull. Yeah, the like she was like learning like parietal bone. Wow, and this I would not and have that. expected that. And I was like, whoa, they make you learn that to cut <laughs> hair? Yeah. But they do because you're doing mm-hmm. more than just cutting hair. You're learning how to use like caustic chemicals near someone's head, you right. know? Yeah. You're using shears, you know? You can, mm-hmm. it, you can it's, nick their ears. Right, can, yeah physically hurt somebody i mean i've never been a cosmetologist i only watched my sister go through it you right. know and then my in-laws um but those are very very valid points though but the point being is that a lot like they cross over nicely because mm-hmm. you're taking care of people i mm-hmm. mean honestly like my, mike's mom does hair and she tells us about how people her her regular clients come mm-hmm. in and they vent about things yep. to her it's almost like i mean she's She's not a nurse, but she's there. She's there to listen to them yeah. talk. Yeah, you know, like, um, m- m- like our niece, our niece Charlotte, when she was born, like one of Mike's mom's clients brought her something for her granddaughter, which is Charlotte. Yeah, that's kind of confusing cool. if you don't know us. But so it's my sister-in-law had a baby and yeah my mother-in-law is the one who does hair anyways yeah like you know you get these connections with people and Mm -hmm. it's like same thing like when i worked on the oncology floor the cancer floor you know you build relationships with people um they they have a lot of similarities and even though it seems like you know you're like oh you're a server versus oh you're a nurse i mean it's it's hard work either way yeah it's really you're on your feet you and you're taking care of people you yeah. know people go out to eat like think about the what's the word i want mike like people what's what is the thing like people go out to eat and they 
they have an expectation? Mm, that's the word I want. I've been so bad with word finding <laughs> lately. It's like I had the one semester off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I'm not I'm not researching on anything. You know, I have the summer semester off and I my yeah. word finding has been so, so awful. So, word, so what are you trying to say? Uh, you could rephrase it. When people go out to eat, they try to... Like an it's like an experience, but yeah. that's not the word I was looking for. Well, but like, I would say that would sum it up nicely. You know, well. like you're you're getting people who might be out on their first date. Right, yeah. You might be getting a couple who's been really like struggling. You might be getting friends that haven't seen each other. And, and that, all that happens in the hospital, too. You really? know? All of it does, yeah. I, you know? Wow. You see people the at their weakest points. Mm -hmm. or, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know? Or so they're, they're catching I, up with family members could, for the first time. I wish with I them. could articulate better what I'm... It's okay. It'll come back to you so, now that you've yeah. articulated again. So that's what we do. There's a lot to yeah. it. It's a, it's a, there's a lot going on in, in our career. It seems like it. So I mean, there's a lot of layers talk to it. For a whole entire podcast I mean, about it. That's part of the reason why I want to ask <laughs> We could do it. a podcast series about it if yeah. you really wanted to. Um, probably. This kind of brings up a general question for me, though, when yeah. you guys are talking about it, because of how similar it is to these different industries or that are just directly, you know, dealing with patients or people, right? Like mm. you, you develop connections with people and that's mm. obviously something that I'm obsessed with. Um, and it's weird that in our westernized world where we have so much obsession about personal boundaries and personal space where we don't like to get close to people or like, you know, touching someone in public, especially a stranger getting close to you is like a no-no in, in the United States at the very least. But then you have like these very specific scenarios like your hairstylist or your doctor slash nurse that can actually get close to you and like touch you you're in their bubble right like it's mm -hmm. really but you have to be you have right to you be. have to be but it's these really weird like special scenarios that it doesn't feel strange for someone to be that close to you well sometimes people i mean oh, yeah. sometimes like someone comes in with complaint of like i, I don't know like they come into the er this mm -hmm. is just like the first thing that comes Abdominal to my head with being in a bubble something. You know, mm -hmm. their hemoglobin comes back low, which Hemoglo is a level. You know what hemoglobin is? I do. Helps but, carry oxygen. It shows like, if there's blood loss. So okay. basically someone comes I mean, in and they're like having abdominal pain and then their blood work comes back and then you're like, well, I have to, you know, you have to do a rectal, check for hemocult, which is checking for like blood in the stool. You yeah. know, this doctor you just met, this nurse you just met, you're never going to see them again. They have to do a you know, stick their finger up your butt. <laughs> you know, you can absolutely refuse it. Obviously, you can refuse right. whatever you want. That's your right. But I mean, personal bubble. Yeah. You know, popped by a finger. No, but like if you if you think <laughs> about true. it, you and your like, because because it's I mean at least once a day. You right. know, mm -hmm. um, especially for the ER stuff. Like yeah, that, it yeah. happens. You know, and it's just like this random, this random doctor. Yeah. Not and that it's a, not calling it, doctors random, but it's a person you just met. It's yeah, not like right. it's your doctor you've developed a relationship with, mm -hmm. you know, because it's an emergency. Right. So let me expand on that quickly. So like, for instance, when we're really busy and there's a lot of stuff going on and you have a, a new patient and they are just like, um, what do you call it? Um, prescribed a shot, for instance, we mm -hmm. give heparin a lot to prevent blood clots to form mm -hmm. the legs. And like, they just got up and this is like their first time in the hospital. They're maybe like 40 something years old. And you just go up to him and you're like, oh, this is a prevent blood clots, this little tiny shot. And like being busy and doing it all day, every day as mm -hmm. your job, you just go up to him and you're like, yeah, it's just a little shot. And you're just like in your belly or in your leg. And you, you just, just, you just go Lord. up there and you just pinch him. And they're like, I can tell like sometimes they're like, wait, why is he pinching me? Like, <laughs> like I yeah. actually stopped myself once and I told someone, I'm like, this is probably really weird. I bet you you've never 
had a random person you've just met come up to you and just pinch your belly fat, right? Well, I sometimes do this. It hurts less. Right. But what I'm saying is when you're busy and like you're not thinking about Because you're in the work person, mode. You're in work mode. You're not thinking about the person. normal for us. Yeah. Being right. like, oh, this is my first experience. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to pinch the belly fat. And they're probably like, oh. Right. He's touching my well, belly, my sacred belly fat that I always try to hide from people. And then, oh, uh, you know. Yeah. But for us, it's just like, That's okay, bing, bing, bing. And then I, weird. I thought about it. I'm like, wait, I just grabbed this person's <laughs> belly fat. I wonder how they feel right now. So we talked about it and they're like, no, yeah, it, it is weird. But, you know, this is what happens in the hospital. And they go into the hospital kind of expecting that in, that closeness with yeah, people. But that's interesting. And being a guy, it's definitely different, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I get refused all the time. I was like, going to say, oh, is can it, I have a lady, please? Yeah, I, I was going to say, the there, bathroom. is there still, is it more females than males? Yeah. In general? Well, it kind of like his, his floor has more of like usually a, inpatient a male layer got mm-hmm. it um but i also feel like st- still being a male nurse it adds that extra layer of weird when you have a female patient mm-hmm. you know yes. it's it's yeah. not the norm especially for older patients who've been in the hospital before right it's never been i mean always this many males i think when we were finishing high school it was still pretty rare mm-hmm. but now it seems pretty normal it's that, huge because it's a yeah. growing job yeah you know it's a safe job with good benefits and you can work basically anywhere in the country so that's why people are getting anywhere into in it the world if you really wanted to but yeah i had this 80 something year old guy like last week who said some creepy things to me but that's besides the point yeah um i told him i was like well you know my husband's a nurse yeah. And he was oh, like, yeah, oh, is he this. gay? Wow. I was like, what? That's pretty <laughs> I like, rough. I just told you he's my husband. He was like, <laughs> well, yeah, only gay guys become nurses. I was like. <laughs> I'm assuming this guy's like 80 or something. He was like eight, late 80s. But yeah. he said he was uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, like, this this older generation, like our grandparents, mm-hmm. some people's great grandparents, you know, they like the first thing he thought was, oh, my God, you married a gay guy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was like, no. And, and those are the pe- the people who gave birth to the baby boomers. Right. Right. So exactly. the baby boomers are definitely more accepting of it, of the change, because they were kind of more part of change. They, yeah. Like the American dream. They grew up there in the 70s and then the 90s, 2000s, like they're kind of understanding of the cultural change more or less yeah. more than those 80 it makes 90 a lot of sense. Uh, well absolutely you know that's interesting to me mm-hmm. just to kind of close that up when, when you're explaining like you know you're in work mode and you're just you know giving shots or something mm-hmm. it really brought to mind for me as an engineer is like being like a car mechanic or something where yeah. someone works with machines all day they're just gonna be like well i gotta check the oil right mm-hmm. it's like no different than starting an iv mm-hmm. and drawing blood on a, on a patient mm-hmm. like that's how you kind of you get desensitized and not in a bad way it's just your that's your job to do that yeah and we so poke people yeah like it's day. your job <laughs> to just make sure people are you know running mm-hmm. uh properly and it's kind of funny to think about it that way where at some point it's like not everybody is going to do be comfortable with seeing that every day or at least on the patient side of it they're like this happens maybe like twice a year for some people. <laughs> so before we completely close on that, I would say the most stressful part about the job is actually the mental mental aspect. Yeah. Um, dealing with people's stress and emotions. Mm-hmm. And if you're an actually like an empathic person and you really do care about the well-being of other, of other people, which I believe if you want to get into nursing school or be a nurse, you really should find that trait in yourself or else it's going to be... start there. Because, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it, it is very mentally exhausting I was gonna if say, you don't know how to adapt to it and it, for me it took a like couple months to adapt to it because i'm a I, i've always th- saw myself as like a giving person who really does understand people's feelings mm-hmm. and when you sit and talk to these people who are going through the worst time of their life you 
try not to take it home with you, but yeah. it makes you mentally exhausted if you are not adjusted and, and used to it. Mm -hmm. So I would say more than the actual workflow of giving people shots and medicines and running around the unit, the physical part, the physical part's easy. Right. It's about dealing you go to with school these for. people. Yeah. Dealing with the, the, the people in their worst state is what causes a lot of nurses to quit. Interesting. I would say. Causes mental fatigue and burnout, lack of sleep. There are studies that show that there are a lot of nurses who lose sleep because of fatigue and, and, and burnout. Right. And I think mm -hmm. it's mainly related to the mental aspect component of, uh, of the job itself. I mean, you're just like a mental, like a absorption of all the, mm -hmm. the stressors of other people. You are the, like you are the forefront of <laughs> everybody's problems. Right. You know, the doctor sees the patient five to 20 minutes, right. depending, maybe sometimes longer or shorter. <laughs> But, you know, they prescribe the medicine and, and they put the orders in and mm -hmm. they see the patient and they see like the whole physical portion of the patient. But the nurse has to I'm not now I'm not saying um, nurses are like this great, great part of society. I mean, we play our part in society like everybody I mean, you else. Have a useful role regardless but, of what. <laughs> right. But when the, the doctor's not there, the patient has us. We're the resource. We have to yeah. know what the doctor's plans are when we, to call the doctor we have yeah. to we have to take the emotional trauma that these people experience and try to like comfort the patient we have to clean them walk them give them their mm -hmm. medicines understand their medicines teach them teach them their medicines teach them about if they're getting sent home on medicines or uh, with bags drains yeah we have to coordinate like sometimes well not my job but some places i'm sure regular like bedside nurses might have to coordinate insurance yeah. discharges to other hospitals, transfers, there's a lot of mental. This, this makes Tuck me, them into bed. This makes yeah. me like question. Call their question, son or daughter. Do they give proper like. Training? Tra like not, it's not training per se, but like tools to be able to understand how mentally. The mental barrage that happens with yeah. this, because it's, the, it's like the type part of the job that I don't think people think about until after they get into it. You know, when it's, you have someone's bad day or, yeah. you know, someone's dying. They expose you to it. And, and I guess that's what clinical's for, right? Yeah, they expose you to Kinda. it, but but you still don't understand the full capacity of what it actually is until you are by yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm still never, I don't think I'm ever fully prepared to walk into work and... I mean, I feel like emergency room is a whole nother level. Mm. You know? Like, more, more or less, yeah. <laughs> like, like if, if, you know, standard hospital floors are kind of like you know maybe 90 percent, and then if you have a bad customer or bad patient or something or a couple patients who are having a bad day or whatever you're like at 150 percent. like 150 percent is your normal in the emergency room because everything is like an emergency yeah <laughs> right and not people necessarily everything but in, in, i meant i said to, it to the person the, to the person it's yes. that person's emergency mm -hmm. yeah you know they have no idea what's going on no one's explained anything to them they have yeah. no clue what's going to happen so. And then the next layer of it is they're freaking out because it's their emergency. Mm -hmm. But you could very well have someone having like a stroke in the next room over. Or you could be working a code the next room over. Mm -hmm. That's obviously where you're one, like I'm one person. This is where I'm, you know. And a code would be yeah. like if someone's heart stops. And, okay. and this so, person gotcha. who's got belly pain for the last two days is like, well, this is my emergency, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but this person's dying. Right. You, you could be, mm -hmm. but until I have a, you know, this mm -hmm. person's an ESI of one. What's that? It's like the, there's a level one through five. Mm -hmm. 
it's kind of based on services and like uh, resources required for the patient. Oh, cool. Uh, one's basically if someone comes in and they're a code. So um, ES would be emergency services. Uh, I'm not, I don't. Emergency standard. I don't remember what it yeah. emergency stands for. Emergency scale, maybe. Which is kind of embarrassing. Well, <laughs> it's okay. You just know what, the, what it yeah. is. Yeah. So one is bad and five is okay. Like not as five bad. Five is like someone comes in for a medication refill. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of how the scale um, is used. Someone comes in with like a suicidal ideation. That's automatically a two. Someone comes in with symptomatic chest pain, like pain radiating down in the right arm. That's mm -hmm. an ESIF too. Could it. very well be an MI, but could very, you MI know. MI was a heart attack. It's going to require like an EKG is going to require maybe an X-ray, maybe a CT, blood work. Those are all diagnostics to show Diagnostic tools. It kind of is the resources that are going to be required for yeah. this visit, you know. Mm. That's very um, cool. So like, that's, uh, that's, that's our Interesting experience. for me at least because yeah. I spend so much time listening to doctors and all these it's kind of like an emergency to, triage type thing it's yeah. not really like i had to learn it all brand new when i went down to okay so it's like around. part of that i'm still not um i mean i'm good with the definitive stuff like si is a two you know symptomatic chest pain is a two an active code is a one mm. you know yeah a dog bite laceration is a four you know, it's just, okay. So it's how like it's just a scale of how in, like, the resources that are going to be required, yeah. paired with kind of like the urgency of the situation, just yeah. kind of so you can prioritize. Like, yeah, I got to see this person before that. Yeah, person, you know, it's just a flagging system. But so then there's other yeah, um, there's cool. other things too. Like you designate them to like the ETU or like the main stuff like that is a lot of yeah. See, that's it's a, confusing. It's so interesting to me. Like you know. There's like all the surface level stuff that everybody thinks about. And then there's all of this other like organizational stuff to actually understand how people use the system to actually effectively do the job that you're supposed to do, mm -hmm. which is IE save lives. And it's just crazy to me that, you know, we all think about the doing part, but don't think about the back end to organize everybody else to do everything else effectively. Total tangent for a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But just well, that's, that's <laughs> our background. I mean, yeah. that's been our, my life for the past it's going on three years yeah, and for say her three five, to four years. probably. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Already. Hard work. We're gonna we're gonna change we're gonna shift gears to other things. All right. So where I was gonna go was into your other shared interest, because obviously nursing is like this rabbit hole that we could go in mm -hmm. forever and ever, just with how much <laughs> is there. Which is it seems interesting that you guys don't really get a chance to talk about it so much, where like you know, the people you, you guys interact with, at least with work or at school, are already in the field, kind of. Mm -hmm. So you don't really get to explain it because it's like, well, they already know. I don't need to, like, yeah, you know, explain it anymore. Mean, yeah. <laughs> it feels like natural when you're at work talking to somebody, another nurse, even a PCT yeah. about it. But then when you talk to, like, a layman. Right. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think you guys realize how much you actually know about this stuff that most people wouldn't actually get. Cause like you're, you yeah. can, you can say acronyms and all these different diagnostics that other people are going to like, wait, hold on. You're going to have to like, I took maybe a bio one oh one. So there's just a lot of information you guys have just absorbed and then actually know how to apply and use to yeah. that. I think is super cool. And I think the more people that understand it, the, the better in general, because yeah. we can kind of just have a better baseline of what's functioning properly or not. But where we're going to go now is the other shared interest of traveling. Yeah. And so, I know that Mary, we kind of talked about a little bit before in your first episode, but this one I would kind of wanted to say, how did you guys 
like fit it in, right? Because being in school in nursing is like way different than just going to school. I would say for yeah. both of you guys, because like you, you're gonna have to do clinicals, which is like a part time job in itself, and then you have to just find the time to go. Like you guys were gone, I think almost like two weeks or so for most travel that you guys did. One, either like four days to two weeks. Yeah, we've done a lot of different. Um, it depends on where you go, right? Different, yeah. Um, but we've also had been on the on the back burner like the last six months, yeah. right? Um, and it, for obvious reasons, during the yeah. hustle, of, during the hustle and bustle of school, we would fit it in during spring break mm -hmm. or sometime in summer, a but, long weekend, yeah. or like on a break. And I was taking summer school. I would take like one or two classes, mm -hmm. and it was easier to kind of slam it in there. The most hard, difficult, sorry, the most difficult part of it though was financially. Of but, course, but you make it work. So we, yeah. we had we had some tricks up our sleeves that we'll talk about. <laughs> it was kind of cool. So I guess the first place to start is like, where does like how do you how did one did you guys decide where to go, mm. and then what was the planning around like, you know, just going? Um, or did you not even plan that much at all? Well, kind of <laughs> so like I feel like every trip we've gone on has been kind of like weird and different. Basically, when we first started officially dating, um, mm -hmm. I want to say it was like our third date or something we just like sat down and made a list of like yeah crazy idea places to go mm -hmm. we've actually gone to a few of them um but maybe like three quarters of them i think almost mm, i don't know the we list is in our house somewhere yeah we just yeah. Have, we haven't gone to cancun i know that was on there but we were supposed to go to cancun like, like japan we went to japan but we were supposed to go to cancun like mm -hmm. on our third month of dating yeah and then we were just like oh we can't afford this yeah yeah cancun's no we're joke. poor children yeah <laughs> you know so we went on a road trip instead um anyways so what is our first trip we went on was nashville and yeah. we took okay we drove there which it's like six hours from here about something like that I yeah think it might have been like eight six to eight Okay. Yeah. I don't know. On stops. I I think I drove through, so it wasn't that bad. Because we're near Chicago for yeah. those of geographically near so us. So that that trip in itself, it was a, a good experience because she has done a lot more traveling than I have. My traveling really was isolated to the occasional Wisconsin Dells. You and me or, both, brother. Yeah. <laughs> or if I had to go somewhere for a family thing like i flew to california once or texas once i yeah. would say like 75 to 80 percent of your traveling has been with me now it has yeah oh, at for this sure. point in your life yeah for, oh, four years almost yeah four years like almost a couple of weeks yeah well we started talking in august oh whatever anyways, <laughs> this is the point. anyways so the, the long story short is um with traveling it kind of um i would say the main thing is you have to kind of choose where you want to go mm -hmm. because no matter where you go it's going to cost money yes even if you try to do budget it's still going to cost you money mm -hmm. um, and then when you decide where you want to go you have to decide okay well what's your most important thing here what do you yeah what do you want to do what's okay. what's your goal being there and then you kind of just work off that yeah. And it's best to, like what we did, she did, she got me to involved in this, was to write down a list. And then you go through the list later, like, yeah, let's think about a trip. And then you just go through them. Oh, this would be cool. It'd be cool to see that. Oh, I heard this got like really good. They have really good street food here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's, let's choose these two. And then you kind of just cross them out and go along mm -hmm. as you go. But she was the master planner. I just kind of said, sounds fun. That sounds like how that's sounds how I would fun. travel because I don't the only thing I think about when I travel or if I pick a place it's like okay what are like the big ticket things that you yeah. like you have to schedule in and then the kind of let 
everything else just happen in between that. Like if you put a week or whatever. I think if you let it allow it to be kind of impromptu in the moment, it can be really rewarding, but yeah. it can also be very stressful. It can also flop and be yeah. stressful, which we had happen on maybe our last our last yeah. trip was kind of stressful, yeah. which I think is also part of the reason we haven't gone out of our way to do anything big. Um, but yeah, so like a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, sometimes the big ticket parts mm-hmm. of where you think you're going might not actually even be the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Um, like I know... Colorado, we've gone there a couple times, mm-hmm. and our favorite thing is something that like you can barely find on Google if you look up. Oh wow, Colorado! <laughs> so I think our favorite thing in Colorado is Mount Sanitas, which is uh, outside of Boulder. It's like this hiking trail, which mm-hmm. we brought Sawyer to. It's like, really accessible. I remember seeing really accessible place. Super too. accessible, but like you don't just Google Boulder and it doesn't pop up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had gone there to visit a friend. You guys should send me some of those pictures so I can throw them in the show notes. Oh, oh, absolutely. There's some pretty cool pictures. A Sawyer too, being yeah, oh my I dog. He was like on the rock. Yeah, Sawyer smiling. loves Colorado. Yeah. I'm actually trying to get us to go there for a weekend to bring Sawyer and Ziggy. Mm-hmm. Oh my uh, god! Because Sawyer needs some like new enjoyment in his life. Yeah. So Mary went there with her friends, and I was really jealous. So I'm like, we have to go. We have to go. <laughs> so we brought Sawyer. But I don't want to fly. I want to drive. Mm-hmm. So we How drove. How far is the drive for Colorado? Fourteen hours. Fourteen roughly. Well, that's without stops. Yeah. Yeah. That's but we brought Sawyer. Yeah. And in my little neon Ford neon. Oh my god! That was yeah, bef- we did go there in the that neon. Was before the first you got time. the Honda. Mm-hmm. Yes, the second time we went there, we After. drove the Honda. But yeah, the first I forgot about that. We so, took a Dodge Neon and wow. SRT four there the first time. And being uh, with it, Sawyer budgeters, I guess you could say, or cheap rather. Uh, <laughs> Poor. We pulled into the frugal. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we were frugal. the first time we went there. We poor. were so poor it, it hurt. So we really? uh, yeah, because it's like I have this money, I want to spend it there. I don't want to spend it on the hotel on the uh, way there. So we pulled into. Uh, what was it? What was it? Well, we were trying to drive through the night, but we needed a little. So we stopped in Nebraska. Um, I think I wrote it down. I forgot. It doesn't matter. But it was a hotel parking lot, and that's kind of what started it all. <laughs> was that one hotel yeah. parking lot? But Sawyer was freaking out, so we had to stop for him. Yeah. So, so I'm like, man, we have to sleep. But like, how are we going to sleep? So I put the back seats down, and we had oh a we had a blanket, and we kind of just slept like really horribly it was it awful was in, you said it was 39 degrees it too? was like in the 30s yeah and we were in <laughs> this teeny tiny dodge neon srt4 mm-hmm. in the back With and you Sawyer. got these like, random buckles going up your back and so oh freaking God. out and he's trying to get all comfortable so we slept i think two hours Wow. But, but that we, started we laid it down for four hours. Right. Yeah. Two. Yeah. two. We laid down two. for two hours. I don't know if we slept for two. Screw this. Like every noise. <laughs> you know how Sawyer is. For mm-hmm. those listening, Sawyer is our, our white, westy mixed dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll throw a picture of him. Yeah. We'll throw yeah. a picture of him in the show notes. He is Snuggle Muffin. So after, after that <laughs> and that, that fun experience, the whole thing was great. Like when we went to Rocky Mountain National Park, I was like, wow, this is going to be so cool. I went there. I'm like, you know what? The actually physical hiking in Sanitas and the smaller, more accessible trail was the highlight memory, Mm -hmm. you know? It's also hard because, like, when you bring... We brought... We didn't really plan. Um, So we had to, like... Once we were there, we had to figure out what to do with our dog. And luckily, we had a hotel this first time. Um, We kind of snuck him in, though, didn't we? At the the La Quinta. I don't think we paid for him, though. Oh, I don't remember. I might... I think we did pay... So that trip was really cool. Um, that kind of started it all with the Honda Element. So, when, so when we came back, I'm like, I want. I liked sleeping in the car. The idea of it was really cool. But I'm like, what you kind need of space? What kind of, yeah. we, <laughs> what kind of vehicle can we get? So my, we're looking my, at Jeeps. 
We were looking at Jeeps. We were looking at They're vans. They're so expensive. And then well, um, we we went to CarMax at one we were going to buy, and we like tried to lay the, down the in Patriot. the Jeep. Yeah, I'm like, mm. and we didn't really like it. It wasn't cozy. And then we ended up. Then we went and we looked at this Honda Element, and we like bought it well, in cash. That the reason day. why I did it was because I looked online. I'm like, can I turn the Honda Element into like, like a sleeper a camper? camper. Which yeah. you can. And there are but... so many modifications to do that. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm like, we have to do this and we're going to go on all these road trips and it's going to be so much fun. And uh, we did it. We went to New York, I believe, was the first one. Or no, no, it was Kentucky, I believe. Um, For to sample. Yeah. So we, we just tried it out. So what we do, like we've been, okay, so I'll list the places we've been to. We've been to Maine. Oh, man. Wa Washington. We went all the way up like East Coast. We yeah. should have brought our all list. The way, we went to Maine and we've. Pretty much almost went to Southern California too. Not in the same trip, but like we went all the way to Vegas. Yeah, it was. It was we really almost cool. went to Southern California, but then we decided to go home like two days early. And in in the midst of all of this was nursing school and summer school. So like we had to stop at uh, Starbucks to get Wi-Fi and do homework and study. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. And then I would have like papers due, and she'd be studying for whatever she was studying for. <laughs> so it was <laughs> it was really cool because you get this experience where you go to sleep when the sun pretty much goes down when you're mm -hmm. just purely exhausted it's like i we're, we're not we didn't plan to um to uh stay overnight in a hotel we planned to sleep mm -hmm. in the car so we would just be driving like okay let's just sleep and we would find a you know kind of like a vacant lot or <laughs> sometimes a crowded lot so that way we wouldn't get caught yeah no <laughs> and i uh put tarp up my windows in the back we put we put uh like insulated uh mat back there with a bunch of blankets and we did we've done this uh, like how many times now like six times six separate trips well, probably i think so i think that. so and um what i'm getting at is you go to bed at night and you wake up right when the sun wakes up too and it's it's a very interesting thing because you're like okay we can't sit around in our house and we're in the hotel room and just be lazy go. we gotta go right all you got so, is the car right all you got is the car <laughs> like what are you gonna do you're gonna yeah let's just hang out in the car it's like i want to get out of the car it's so, just such a confined space you know it's a tiny ass camper That's so interesting. It so like you forces get up you to wanna, it like... forces you to go do stuff mm-hmm so like we get up early okay let's let's just go hike when we uh when we slept overnight at uh arches national park beautiful Oh, those Be pictures are super cool. Because I when you saw, so that was, during that the was day, one of our favorite If I had a nice parts. camera, oh my god, during the night, you, yeah. you would be awestruck. You see every star in the in the in galaxy. The galaxy. Well, not really. It, well, but, you can kind yeah. of you can kind of see part of that. You can see part of the Milky Way. It was um, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Like surreal almost. I got anxiety when I looked up at the stars. Mm -hmm. I told you this before because <laughs> I've always been terrified of aliens, and I'm surrounded <laughs> by these giant arches. I'm like, they're gonna be like. Like, okay, this is me just being paranoid for more of the fun aspect of it. I'm like, <laughs> they're gonna, there's gonna open a portal, a gateway, and all these aliens are gonna come out and they're gonna abduct me. But that was just me just being <laughs> imaginative. Like, I didn't believe it. But then these little things were coming down and it was just hiking. What things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we were in the car and I, like, I was dizzy. I swear to God, I was dizzy. Like, because you don't so, see the stars you can here. You see anything. Yeah. yeah. And you, you just like, there's a thousand million light bulbs up in the sky. Perfectly dark. And you had these giant rock structures next to you. Some are just pillars. Some are these huge arches. And you're just sitting there like, holy shit, this is, actually exists? Yeah. You know, this is what people were exposed to all those years ago. We don't have that anymore. So it was a really cool experience because just sleeping overnight there, 
it felt like there was like a power there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what kind of made me feel this anxiety. But then we were sleeping and then all of a sudden we see these bright ass white lights. I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, Mary. <laughs> you know, like, what is that? And then like, you're going to get I, I didn't probed. Scream. I was like, Mary, Mary, what I was like a beady little baby. And it was just <laughs> night hikers with their lamps walking by. I was like, holy God. It was sleep. scary though. Yeah. I mean, when you're not expecting so to see quiet, lights. Yeah. So yeah. quiet, so dark. Yeah. And it's a little unnatural. So, right. But then you wake up and you're, you see the sun shining down on you and on, mm-hmm. on the, the things you saw at nighttime and it completely transformed the environment and you're there before all the tourists are because it, it can be a really busy happening place in Moab. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, Moab. You just get sure. up and you just start hiking these trails that they all of a sudden seem natural now. Instead of being like completely crowded with people, it's like, wow, like this is a natural scene. Like I feel yeah. like... I'm there for the first time, you that's know. Weird. Mm-hmm. So that's not what that's I also one of the benefits I would say of of having your own camper is is that yeah you get to be in the in the action before most people before the action. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, forces, oh, you get to beat the for, crowd. Yeah, yeah, you get to beat the crowd, and it kind of forces you to get up and do stuff, and it makes your trip more fulfilling because you do more than you expected to. Like you have your little list of plans, like oh, we want to do this, we want to do that. But then you end up doing so much more. And then all, a lot of the memories you have are based on things that you didn't expect. And it's, yeah, it's that, really cool. I feel like that's so true. It's like the, the things that are that impact you the most are the things you didn't plan to have. Mm-hmm. Mount know? Washington. Yeah. Oh, my God. When we hiked Mount Washington so in New Hampshire. So this is in New Hampshire. It's part of the Appalachian Trail. It was okay. only two miles when we looked it up. And we were like, oh, so we're like, yeah, kid stuff. Four, I think it was like four and we a half miles We were training for the marathon at this point. We're like, big deal. Yeah. Two miles is nothing, right? No, nah, right? So we didn't bring water. <laughs> oh, we brought water. We, we didn't, didn't bring, bring the snacks. wallet. We didn't bring. We had one liter of water. Mm-hmm. You know, those water bottles. Yeah, the big ones. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like this like little parking lot and they had their mount washington like gift shop and stuff mm-hmm. but there wasn't many people there we were like oh cake cake so we started walking start walk, <laughs> keep walking I'm like oh it's getting kind of steep it's here ca- yeah and oh, I'm that's like, a oh, nice river yeah oh oh why are those people walking slower ahead of us okay we keep going we keep going we keep going. keep going and next thing you know it's like six hours <laughs> is think, it just or, so like much vertical elevation hours. is that yeah it was like fourth it was only like in the four thousand something feet range but you know for two miles it's kind of steep. I think it took That's us four hours up and two and a half down. That's what it was. Wow. But once you got to the top, you could buy a car to drive you down, but you needed money. Mm-hmm. And you and guys didn't bring a wallet. We left the wallet because we thought <laughs> it was going to be a little two-mile hike. And we weren't used to the elevation, so I was. we were feeling Oh, I didn't even think sick. about that. I remember we, feeling sick. We felt so sick at the top, Yeah. and we didn't have we did money. we fast, and we had no money. We had no. We had a water <laughs> bottle to fill up to get <laughs> like, us down. Like, Mary... I don't we know how we're going to no, make it down. No snacks. <laughs> right when you get to the to the top, the nice trail and everything, like, no, you're hiking you're up literally rocks. climbing yeah. rocks. Boulders. You're, like, climbing. Like, you're not climbing. Well, right. but one you're like, section we kind of climbed. Not, not, not like, rock not climb. Like, right. But, like, you're ropes, climbing rocks. You're, hi- yeah. you're hopping over things, you know? It's, you're not on a trail It's anymore. not a trail. No. And then you get up there. And, and you can see the top and you're so close, but there's so... And, yeah, and you're on all fours, <laughs> like, going up the rocks. You're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. When will this end? And then but you the s- best part is, like, we were not planned for this. No. And I wasn't the only sick guy up there. But we, when we got there, I'm like, Mary, we, we ran out of water. I need something <laughs> so to eat. So we fill up the water. I, I need something to eat. So, <laughs> we, so went- we go to the condiments. <laughs> 
at the food court. Yeah, there's a food court there. You can there's like the condiments and eat them. And like a mini museum, <laughs> and there's like a railroad that can take you down. There's like this, oh this, my God. this, uh, uh, what do you call it? This train. I'm like, what the heck? I didn't know. Where the heck do you get on that thing? This train that drives up. There's a bunch of like overweight people up there, just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, how did they get up here? I'm like, I just struggled <laughs> my ass. I'm training for a marathon, and you're over here like chowing down on pizzas and hot dogs. I'm so like, we had a relish did not snack expect at that. the top. Yeah. So I, no, I didn't steal. No, because it was outside the food court. It was like condiments for your hot dog. <laughs> I, yeah. grabbed, I grabbed a bunch of relish and like onion, onion packets. Because luckily they had the packets. And I right. sat down next to this guy who was chowing down in his lunch. And I'm starting eating packets. And he's like, please stop. I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? And his, and his girlfriend was like, he's got elevation sickness. He's like, that's making him gross. He's like, honestly, I'm not going to finish the sandwich. Like, we're, we just bought a ticket down. Like, you can just eat this sandwich. And he gave us a sandwich. It's like this ham sandwich. Yeah. And we ate it in like five seconds. Oh my God, so good. <laughs> and, and it, do we have Gatorade too? He gave us all these snacks and stuff. He just couldn't, wow. he couldn't stomach it. Because he was so sick. That's yeah. crazy. On the way down to like, you're tr we're trying to get down fast. We meet these two random kids. Remember, they're really cool. One of them was, uh, he was uh, doing the same thing where he wanted to like camp out Yeah, I car. forget their names. Yeah, I forget their but names. But we were talking. Yeah, and like we're like sprinting down the hill and your legs are all wobbly. It was such a good training um for the marathon and i remember colorado when we were when we were hiking up to actually the mount sanitas a lot of people in boulder they train for uh for running they run up they and down run, and up they're and running down. up and down uh, the same guy lapped like, us but they're used Sawyer. they're used to it because their blood gets thicker right because they're doing altitude yeah. training yeah. every day uh -huh. yeah. every day every day so yeah, that was a fun trip and then we found that um natural spring with the waterfall and i went swimming in it and that guy was uh like a na uh, native uh, New Hampshireian, I call him. Hampshireian, mm -hmm. ex-military. He's just sitting there catching fish, and I'm just over there swimming. It was really cool. It was that's so, it was surreal because it was so it was so natural and peaceful. And we were mm -hmm. so unprepared. Yeah, this is still Mount Washington. We're yeah. tangenting back and forth, but yeah, you know, ba yeah, back to Mount Washington. And I'm like, man, I would like to take a dip. And for some reason, we like we saw the stream and we followed it down. And then next Mike thing you know, in. there's a beautiful waterfall. I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> How lucky are we? Yeah. But that was before we did a lot of uh, the international traveling. That was. Yeah. That before, kind of, before we go to international. Yeah. Where in the world, where in the United States would you want to go? Oh, Montana. For sure. We yeah. were supposed to go there last summer, but then the weather was so awful. Oh, I yeah. think you told me. It was we ended like up going early, to Utah. Yeah. Early summer, late spring. And we Too planned cold. it. Mm. They still had, they were still boat. Oh, how do you? <laughs> there was still like snowing there. Snow wow. off the main path that connects you from one side of the park to the next, and it was just. Oh wow! Yeah. So you still so you had to kind of go like summertime. Yeah. Possibly. Late summer. Yeah, that's when it's at its peak, mm -hmm. and it's it's supposed to be beautiful. Um, I would like to myself do backpacking fishing. Uh, I want to buy a fishing boat too, and um, not saying sleep on the boat, but right backpack, go on the fishing boat, take it somewhere, get off, dock it. Yeah. camp and just like fish and make your own your own meals and stuff i think that would be really cool because a lot of this traveling stuff like when we went to um mount zion very commercialized mm. so many so many people thousands of people whoa i got like really pissed off because i'm like this is not what i expected and if you go there expecting um well to a lot of these um like well-known national parks i guess yeah. you could say like uh what's the one in california again yosemite, <laughs> yosemite. i can't think of it you always <laughs> yosemite there's mary was saying there's like traffic there 
just to just to drive through and look at this natural wonder of America is traffic. Like how mm. natural is it? You know, it's it's a good thing in a picture. But when you're there, a lot of the pictures I have, like we have to cut out a lot of the people. And Cause there's just so many. It, yeah, it, that's why. Back to the Utah thing, waking up before all the, the crowds were there, it was it makes you feel like you're there for the first time. And then when you go expecting like, wow, I'm going to go to nature, I'm going to go to Mount Zion, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go hiking and all this stuff. It's like, you're also surrounded by 2,000 other people. Expecting the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it kind of shows you, sheds light on like our society right now, you know? Yeah, I was going to say that's a, So many people. It's a funny juxtaposition, right? It is, because I'm one of those people. Yeah. You know, how many people were upset like me? Probably a lot. You know, I wanted it to be more of an intimate experience. Maybe a couple people we made it along the way, yeah. make it more intimate. And, you know, oh yeah, I'll show you your campfire, sure. But instead, it turns into thousands of people, and it's a Six Flags Great America in nature. Hmm. You know, but uh, when we were in That's Colorado, funny. we uh, on the way back actually during that same trip, we came back and we, we came through Gunnison, yeah, National uh, Park, yeah, Black Canyon of the Gunnison, oh, yeah. There and we, we go. drove down to the to the to the river there it's the colorado river and that was really cool because that was way more intimate um there was only like a couple families camping there right next to the river um you're nestled in between these just giant sides of the mountain not giant but like relatively large portions of the mountain like next to the river and you're just sharing campfires with people i remember um just sitting down this guy's like hey you want a beer i'm like yeah what's up then we started talking for hours and hours so it was it was really cool like that's what i expected and we ended up yeah. doing that at the end but um there's a lot of ways to go about it you know you can do that commercialized aspect and take a tour bus or you can take it really serious and go back country you know kind of like mm-hmm. um um what do you call it meteor where he goes and just hunts yeah you know like steve something Rinelli, like yeah steve Rinelli. you could do something like that where you're just just in nature and the only way you're eating is if you're killing an animal or eating like your energy bars until you do it so there's two sides of the, the story. There's more, but for the ex- measuring the extremes. So m- one day I want to do the hunting thing with you. That'd be really fun. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. That'd Count be me super out. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Bring you back some packaged meat, <laughs> deer. I mean, it'd just be fun. I think just to kind of cut the cor- cut the tether, so yeah. to speak, to the modern world where mm-hmm. you don't have a phone, and if someone wants to get hold of you, good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what you get with international traveling. That's what you can yeah. do in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Oh, my gosh. friend Gustavo has got a. I'll let Mary talk about Costa Rica. <laughs> talk about intimate. This was. Go ahead. The f- most perfect, great, perfect segue. The greatest thing ever. Um, yeah. So we, I've gone three times. Oh wow. Mike's gone twice. Um, to uh, my friend Gustavo's field station in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. So. Basically, the first time I went there, I was studying abroad um, with my late friend, Craig, who we talked about uh, mm-hmm. last time because um, he passed away on Christmas this last year in Costa Rica. Anyways, devastating. Mm-hmm. But Gustavo, who I met through Craig, um, when he was like our age, 20, 20 mid 25, he said. He yeah. said 25, yeah. He bought this big chunk of the rainforest in Costa Rica. And he's a native Costa Rican. Mm-hmm. He speaks beautiful English. Uh, he's a biologist. He knows oh, cool. about, like, every bird ever. He's, like, an amazing person. Um, I was like, talking to Mike yesterday, actually, about, um, like, maybe we can go there. Yeah. And you can see the field station and meet him. That'd be awesome. He's a totally cool dude. Anyways, um, 
So yeah, there's no cell phone service at his field station. Basically, Whoa. you go to San Jose, you drive. I want to say it's like an hour and a half. San I don't, Jose is the capital, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. It's like an hour and a half um, mm-hmm. to the drop-off point where you just get dropped off at the side of the road. Gustavo comes and picks you up in his truck. And then it's like another hour through like- Oh my God. <laughs> through like Rocky Trail to his property. That's crazy. And then you get to like- the entrance of his pro- you you pull into his house mm-hmm. well not into his house but then you get off his truck where you've sat on the back of his truck and then you walk 30 minutes to the field station um and it's basically like this big tree house mm-hmm. this big tree house uh with like he does have running water which is cool and there's electricity like he dumps gas into a generator so until yeah. you run until you use it up but he puts it in at at sunset Okay. So usually with like the 15, 20 people we have, it lasts a couple hours. Yeah. Um, but then you don't have electricity the rest of the day. Wow. Um, you don't have cell phone service, um, but you don't need it. Of course. You really don't need it. Um, I, I can't even put into words. Uh, this place. I could put in the words. Every time I've gone there, <laughs> it just changes me more and more. You hear the trees. You hear the nature. You hear the birds. You go to sleep and there's you netting hear, on the windows. Mm-hmm. And you hear the insects. You don't need anything. You just lay there and it's it's like. If a moth dive bombs your face, you're cool with it. <laughs> you are, though. Because yeah. you're like, whoa. <laughs> you're like, you can't avoid them. <laughs> you got to be cool with bugs there. Yeah, you have yeah. to be. You have to be. <laughs> you have to be. You know, They're you huge. wake up in the middle of the night to pee. You need to put on your headlamp, and you're the, the only source of light. So every single bug yeah. in like, Costa Rica oh, yes. is dive bombing your headlamp. Because yeah. <laughs> um, only in the rooms where, is where it's knitted off. Right. Where you eat, where you dine, and everything else. Um, there, there are... Um, like shutters that you can close, but we always leave them open. Yeah, why yeah. would you want to close it? You can if you need to. If it's maybe a really bad storm or something. Right. It's but the usually. most spectacular view. Just sitting, yeah. drinking your coffee in the morning. Like 5 a.m. And you, you wake see up. these birds and so the trees. It and... looks over the canopy. It faces, I believe, east. And it looks over the canopy. And there's these giant trees that look on, I think, maybe like two miles. Two or three miles down. Mm-hmm. And... That's the best time of the day to start bird watching. Um, you can see flocks of toucans. You can see, Whoa. yeah, you can see like not albatross, but like these giant eagles. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're there, or um, not eagle hawks. I know there's like a zone-tailed hawk, or no black-tail hawk. They have the bellbird. The bellbird. It has a Fu Manchu mustache. Oh my god, so and cool! When we usually go there, um, it's bellbird season. We, we, yeah, we basically call it like the annual. It's right about now. Mating. It's yeah. right about now. Mm-hmm. It's like bellbird. The Bellbird Festival is what we call and it. It's not you, like a thing. Yeah. If you don't know <laughs> you what a Bellbird up. sounds like, you can YouTube it. I'll put it in the show notes. It's Fair. amazing. One of the most interesting noises out of an animal. I can't even do it. Mary, that does not do it. <laughs> it sounds like a car break. <laughs> this thing, it's like, I forgot how many decibels, but it, it, it's, it's like a it's like a horn. He's going to put it in the show notes. So Okay. But yeah, yeah and you, you'll look it up. It's so wild. And you can see them with, uh, we bring it, uh, Gustavo has a really awesome Binox. binocular. Well, like. He's it looks a like a telescope. Yeah. And it's a single, like a single eyepiece, right? Yeah. 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 And then we, we carry ours around and every now and then you can see, um, uh, what do you call it? So sometimes there's howler monkeys. Um, mm-hmm. and then there were spider monkeys mm-hmm. there too. And Was we saw spiders. Well, no, I think they just, they capuchin just, they monkeys. just, they just, uh, the little guys. So scary. The capuchin really? monkeys Evil. kind of got chased out. Whoa. Um, Oh no, the spider monkeys he said got chased out. Now there's st- the re- the population of them started to 
migrate their way back to his land. Oh, wow. I'm not sure why they got chased out. I think it might have been because of like agriculture. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can see these howler monkeys. They're the like uh, they're black and hairy. And they are those ones mean? Ooh, no, they're really they're really um, docile. Really? And they're, they're they run away from you. <laughs> oh, wow. But they're all they're high up in the trees and the canopies. But you hear them. They go, oh, oh, like you. You can do like the, the reason howler named, monkey call. Say, the reason they're named yeah. howler monkeys is well named. Yeah. <laughs> and the capuchin, we had an experience the first time we went where we saw them. It goes, like, wait, 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 capuchin, capuchin, capuchin. Like, we're looking up there and they're looking at us. They're like inspecting us. Like, what are those weird ground monkeys <laughs> doing here? And like, we kind of start going, making our way closer off the trail. And they're throwing they're stuff throw, at you. They're, they're taking the stick they're, they branches like and they're branches throwing and branches they throw at, at you. <laughs> and they're tossing things off the tree. And they're, like, ah, and they're bouncing around, like, stay no away. Shaking yeah. the tree to scare you. It's very cool. That's so different. And it's not it's not in a zoo. Like, it's in their natural habitat. Yeah, because right. you're in their habitat. They know we don't belong. Right. right. You're in their home. So, yeah. So, for example, in Thailand, there is, a, like, a like mo- uh, monkey mountain or something like that. You can go there and, like, the, the monkeys are like adapted to people and getting food from them and Mm -hmm. everything so like they're used to people but these are monkeys that are like mary said in the natural habitat in the wild like not they're used to seeing people at all so the interaction so we're like predators to them yeah and they're trying to get out of here people (laughs) whatever you are you creatures yeah Yeah. it's 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 a really cool thing we could do a whole podcast on costa rica oh my God. we should you should mm-hmm. we could definitely continue i'll that get one. my friend laurel here yeah there's a lot of a lot of cool stories is that where you, so just to kind of is that where you your picture with the frog yeah yes that's, that was the first time i went that's how our relationship started actually was the too. frog picture. we won't get into that though yeah because that's that's the uh the picture of her first podcast that's mm-hmm. why yeah that's why i brought it up yeah yeah because I, I i remembered that one and i was like frogo yeah um what else part of like costa rica because it as you're describing it to me, all I can think about is Jurassic Park because that's yeah. where they filmed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's all I can kind of think of. And, you know, as a, as a major dinosaur nerd, it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's like where I want to be. So, yeah, there's a lot. So what else meaning just would like, you ex- describe it as? Yeah. Just any other descriptions or stories? Because I remember you, you you told so much when you came back and you yeah. have a whole bunch of just send me pictures yeah. of some of the notes that you have. You have like sketches uh-huh. of the different birds. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Throw those in the show notes to add. So more there's flavor. a beehive. You see the plantain trees. Yeah. You all could, that kind uh, of stuff. He's got guavas, natural guava plants that you could pick and eat. Very cool. Um, we saw this big basilisk that hangs out on his property. Whoa. Uh huh. Um, we saw the Fertilance on the night we left, mm. which is one of the most venomous snakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his friends actually got bit and then 10 years later ended up losing his limb. Like that's how long the venom can last or the, yeah, the venom. Yeah. Yeah. Something I think. Yeah. Gustavo is like the most interesting man. Like you yeah. want to talk Dos Equis man. Mm-hmm. Nah. He's like that. Well, Gustavo. So, so what he does on his free time, that's when he has like um, the Harper students or he has other students from uh, other. Oh yeah. He go, works go ahead with and ex- Texas. Go ahead, and ex- Texas. go ahead and explain like his like affiliation with, you know, do you I know it. So I know bit. it sort of, um, I just, I know he studied English, I believe. And I think he was reaching out to people in he the met, United States. He met Craig, in Costa Rica, right? In Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Craig is, um, he used to be a teacher professor, right? at Harper. Um, and then Craig was leading like the study abroad for field biology. Mm-hmm. Um, and he became good friends with Gustavo. And then Gustavo was transforming this field station, which he built with his own two hands. Yeah. 
Um, and then they had kind of like worked out this thing. Like Craig would bring students twice a year mm-hmm. for study abroad. Um, and then it would help Gustavo like keep his vision alive, you know, yeah, like upkeep on yeah. the land. Gustavo or and his wife um, never had kids, but Got his it. children, he says, are. He said to me last time, he said, our children are, you are our children. Like you share. <laughs> and the rainforest. He said, you share the love of um, the rainforest. You talk to me and you bring it home and you teach people what I teach you. And I don't, I don't need children because I have you guys and I have my land and my forest and, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it he, sounds I, I'm really no no you're no, good no you're, you're spot on he you're makes giving uh, me goosebumps right he's, now. he makes an income too he makes an income by like leading like I guess you could say like expeditions like or something like tour yeah. kind of he's like a guide for probably kind, like yeah. more, research he said like more extreme stuff though he probably does research then like with he, pro- mm. he could he, he might he might assist people with research he that's what I, I mean like he's like leading expeditions he, that he's are like a deep bird work. I think he's like a professional bird watcher yeah. or something okay but like he was telling uh, Michael Turner and I um and you like oh, if we, we want Turner on here if, too if we, we do a Costa Rica to, podcast if we wanted Please to do. if we wanted to come back like he would take us on one of those more like a intense in, like intense, an intimate intense yeah. expedition kind of because he sees us go on the trails and look we do every hike with him most mm-hmm. most last time I did every single hike yeah. with him and like we kind of like have a feeling for the trails and the paths and like we understand the dangers that are involved mm-hmm. yeah so like he feels comfortable that we would be Not safe be and, and keep people safe yeah because because yeah. we we actually we really appreciate it you know like yeah. you can tell someone it's, who's there to be there and someone who's there some people to, say it's like a, like a vacation right someone who's there to like take it in and you have know, it be an like, immersive experience right. rather than like all right i'm on vacation it's hard well not hard it's 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 more difficult to go out on the trails and be with like a group like a big group versus yeah going out with like one person who knows it like it's his life mm-hmm. with a couple people who are like totally in it you right. know like it's like when you go out bird watching you have to be quiet. But if right. you're going out with 15 people, how are you? You can't be quiet with 15 people. I mean, you can try. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Nope. You know, but if it's like three, five, maybe five people who are really, truly mm-hmm. into it, you know, um, you know, it, it's people who like tr- truly care, not just like are there. Yeah. That's when you and get that, to see the rare stuff. That makes yeah. sense because it's, and find it's almost, cool stuff. it's like the juxtaposition of like what Mike was saying before, like going to Yosemite. Yeah. Where you got 2000 other people there mm-hmm. who, who want to be mm-hmm. right. So imagine mm-hmm. if no one was there. Some of, some of those people <laughs> that, that go along to that Costa Rica trip, go in it thinking it's going to be like just a vacation spa. Well, the, <laughs> was it the first time you came with me? Mm-hmm. So the second time I went, the first time me and Mike went together, there were kids there that were like literally there to party. Like they brought liters of alcohol and we're like, dude. That's what, that's, that's exactly what I'm getting at. That's like, not why you're coming. Oh, it was 10 yeah. p.m. and they're playing dubstep. Dubstep and like. It's like, I want to listen to the rainforest, dude, man. I came all this you, way. That's why so are you here? Yeah. Isolated to play dubstep on a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, come on. Uh, I'd rather like stay up for like hours just asking questions about the rainforest, yeah. or just laying and listening. <laughs> Either to one, it. both. Because that's a lo- like I would like just sit th- like it's it's. I'd be sitting there asking Gustavo like, "What's that sound? What's this sound? What's that and sound?" You do. <laughs> and you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's exactly what I. And I'd he be doing. pulls out the scope and goes, 
Oh, look. And same, we bring, we bring Randy with, too. Randy this, is a biologist. Like, yeah. Biologist, and he's a, like, he really is into he's bird watching. He's a retired biology professor from Harper. Yeah. Um, so. He's a book of knowledge, yeah, also. He like, knows everything. Like, you say, oh, look, at, listen to that chirp. And my joke to Randy is always, oh, it's a cotton-headed ninny muggy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because he literally. And then he goes, no, no, it's no, actually this. it's actually this. And you're like, Randy, you're brilliant. <laughs> just joking. But, like, I mean, he knows I'm joking, but he is right. just so smart that he's like, well, whoa. You, like, you say it just to, so he says the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to reach out to Turner. We can, we should well, could literally do. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to Gustavo, too. But we don't have to talk about that now. Okay. You know, we'll get him on here. Yeah, it's, we, it's we, going to be a cool we can, thing. We can figure I wanna, out. The I want Gustavo stuff. to talk about his life and, and how and his vision and how he got to this point and his goals for the future and he what he sees humanity as. Captivating when he, he speaks. He's it's, very captivating. It sounds like it because I mean, I'm, I I can just tell by the way you guys are both reacting yeah. to it, the stories and how just mm -hmm. important it is to see this well, stuff. I would say that this one individual for the better has changed the way I look at the world. And I'm not saying that in a woo woo sense. I'm saying, I'm not getting, I'm not even saying he's making me uh, like more mindful, but just like more receptive of what actually is going on. Yeah. You know, in society, in your own life, the way you perceive things and the way you want to live your life. Do you want to yeah. have respect for things or do you want to just drive your car and litter and throw yeah. cigarette butts out there and eat like shit and not be pure, yeah. you know, like, Pura Vida, that's the that's the Costa Rican saying, like pure life. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Pura Vida. P Pura Vida. <laughs> and it really, that's interesting. it really makes you feel like connected. there's connected, like there is more to your existence than what we get on an everyday out here. Yeah. If you're not receptive of what can actually be accomplished in your yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's I mean, as both of you know, like right now, it's it, I'm in this really interesting, not phase, but it's more of just like this exploration into things. And as weird as it sounds to be an engineer who wants to connect with nature more, right? Because mm. it's kind of a... I would not, say that's going to be the future, man. It's not what everyone thinks mm -hmm. about. And I think the more we can kind of highlight these, these and integrate, I guess, the natural aspect with the technological aspects of our cultures the better we'll be functioning as a society because we kind of had this thing as the industrial revolution in the 1920s or so where we just said we can do it better than nature and i don't know that is a really it's a sign of hubris <laughs> by the part of humanity mm -hmm. and those well, who came before us you know i'm pointing my finger at jd rockefeller ford and all those mega corporations that started out as the first wave of entrepreneurs, a.k.a. robber barons. How can you recycle the fuel? How can you continue to use well, the nature as the fuel that drives I mean, the, part the of force? the problem is that is the science wasn't there yet. Uh -huh. They just put And these I'm things, sure they didn't expect it to turn into what it has. No. no. I'm sure their consumption was... Short-term gains. Yeah. Right. Well, everything is... And like, then it changed the world. I mean, I'm totally not educated in the subject. No, well, no, either. it's just... To me, it's just a law of large numbers type of thing. Like, one car is not a big deal. But when you have... Everyone in the goddamn planet has a car. Not, I have two. Right. That's what <laughs> no. I'm saying. Like, everyone, you just multiply what is happening, and then you just have a scale of effect that you didn't plan for because now everybody Exponential needs Exponential destruction. Now, let me explain. So this is actually a good opportunity to talk about our um, international trips because you get to see the impact 
that this has had on third world countries. So like when we've been to Cambodia, when we've been to Thailand, when we went to Philippines, people want the lifestyle that we have here. And I don't think they're quite adjusted to it yet because it was all thrown at them very relatively quickly. Yep. And they had to make these advances. Like a hodgepodge. Kind yeah. Of. It's kind of, it's very hodgepodge. Yeah. Yeah. They have like all these new technologies and cars and Well, gas. yeah. Cause it's like you snap the fingers and it's like one day you don't have a car next you do. Yeah. But you go from big city with in industry to. Yeah. To rice fields. Rice and, field and <laughs> poor. Huts. Yeah. I, and there's still huts in the, some of the cities. Mm -hmm. you know? It's like and, one block over kind right. of thing. Like when we stayed in Philippines, um, we stayed like in the heart of where all the locals lived at this random bed and breakfast with like Filipinos living, Filipinas and Filipinos living in there or sleeping in there. And you go downstairs and you start eating your breakfast that they offer you. And there's like dogs outside the street, like having sex. And there's crows, <laughs> there's like roosters and stuff. And people like babies just in diapers, just walking around with their parents. It's weird. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying it's different. It's just different. Because it's hodgepodge. Because they're still kind of like... um like not in the past, but they've just been given all this technology. They're so like quickly. transitioning things like yeah. in a different order. Yeah, yeah, it is different order because it's, a lot of uh, what we've done, it's been a slow progression of mm -hmm. technology, kind of like. Mm -hmm. So it's very organized and advanced and like precise. It's, it's not organized; it just has a lineage. Uh, there's would, a, there's well, just I would a history. Say organized to to a, to a T. Like you go to the city of Chicago, it seems very hectic, but in its core, it's very it's an organized structure. Over right. there, like it's just like when we say hodgepodge, like you have relatively poor people but then all this technology and buildings yeah and it's like whoa 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 what's I going mean, on and then like the streets and how people drive and how things are laid out it doesn't seem like it has that organizational structure yeah. that we have well i uh, actually heard an here. interesting thing at least for people who believe in karma the reason they drive crazy is because if there's an accident it's not a fault of the person it's I because like karma it's it's karmic mm. that you died in an accident. Yeah. It's your past life is the reason you died. <laughs> I have a fun story. From an accident. I have a funny Because they don't believe in accidents in quotes. So that's just a funny little thing about why India and stuff like that yeah. have really bad traffic. I never heard that. Fun, fun yeah. story. Like that. When we were I'm reading about it. I'm yeah. reading about it right now. So I didn't I didn't connect that either. I'm like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't trying to cut you off. I no, you're want fine. to forget what I was going to say. Go ahead. So when we were in Thailand, we had this <laughs> we had this guy on like a moped. Oh my god. He was probably like 240 pounds. Oh my god. Oh my god. This helmet that barely fit him. <laughs> and like oh we were just walking with our backpacks going to the hotel. Yeah. Uh and he just comes up next to us and goes beep beep and he's like hey hey you want to ride and I look at Mary I said fuck it <laughs> let's get on with this guy so how did like, you get on his own moped if he's that big he's huge we so both got on it we both we both uh, slipped ourselves on and he drives us to he like shows he us this thing he's like okay here he here, goes, here 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 on this piece of paper gas gas gas, gas, gas. Like, okay like, he drives us to this jewelry, jewelry shop store. And he's like waiting there, waiting for us. And he drops us off. And I'm goes, like, okay, let's. I think we he can get reimbursed on gas if he takes us here. So let's just look around and see what they got. And we're just walking around. But then we around. were like freaked out because he's like standing there watching yeah, us yeah, shop yeah. for jewelry. Yeah, and we yeah. were like, oh my so, god. So okay, you get in there and like you get like a guide who takes you around so you don't steal anything. Right, yeah. And like they take and you and like show you all these things. He's sitting there waiting. And he's sitting in the lobby, just kind of like with his like little so cute, was it, was with his little it, helmet. Yeah, his helmet was still on. <laughs> and, and he's like sitting there with his paper. Yeah, and like he's like. 
hiding behind the corner. And we were and, like, like, he looks around, like kind of peeks. And we were like, peeks trying the to corner. figure out what's I'm, like, going on. Turning here. back to look at him, and I, I peek at him, and I see him wave and duck and behind like, the corner again. I'm like, this it's is like something cool. out of a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. So like we all were like, okay, I don't really want to buy anything here. Let's just look, and we're just like kind of shooting. But the we were like waiting for him to leave us there because we were like, oh, what's going on yeah, is he here? Gonna, yeah. Oh my god. He's, gonna gas, so. he's waiting. We're like finally okay, like, okay, let's okay go. we're not gonna buy anything, so we're like heading out, and then yeah, <laughs> and then we get That's back crazy. on, and then he takes us to the to the stop where we get on like this like open bus thing it's kind of cool like the transportation there is kind of yeah. cool yeah and we bought him a coke yeah i'm like hey i'm like thirsty thirsty he's like uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> with his hat on yeah he's a big guy oh i really God. wish his i had a picture his of shirt barely him. fits him i think do you have a picture with him uh my phone broke yeah. oh that's right oh it's so funny so we bought him a coke he's like thank you thank you and, thank then, you, and then he goes and drives away on this little moped. <laughs> oh my god you probably Never made to be day. seen again i we hope we did, we did. <laughs> but like all of our trips you know, you need to find experiences like that because those are not the ones you expect, and you just that's do so it. That's so silly. And it's, it's such a good, good, good time. That's awesome. Yeah, um, but that's that was so dangerous. I, well, of course it's dangerous. <laughs> that's so dangerous. He's like zooming past people, and the cars are like oh, three inches away a from you. Oh, cop car, and he's like, okay, hide. Right? He was like worried about the cop or something. Because <sighs> did I not have a helmet on? You only had yeah, one. Yeah, he only, he had, only one had one helmet, helmet but mm. both of us hopped on. He's yeah. like. Uh oh! And he like, like, he like told me to like like duck my like head. Duck your head. Yeah, just so you, the cop doesn't yeah. see it or oh something. Oh my god! Yeah, it was so that's funny. crazy. But yeah, I mean, you get this different sense of way of living. I really wish like yeah. we would have thought about this a little bit sooner, where like you guys could just do like a little video documentary yeah. of your travels. With, I, like, I, I attempted mm. to, but I, we we, might I, have... I attempted to in in, uh, in the Philippines. Yeah, and in Costa Rica for scuba diving with the GoPros. Yeah, and I kind of have. I'd some love of the to files, do. We might have some video that, footage. It didn't turn out that good. We could yeah. search. I, I didn't. Other than that, invest I've just, enough money. I'd love it. to do a documentary of uh, Craig's land or something just to Gustavo's? highlight Gustavo's yeah. land. Yeah. yeah. No, we we can totally do that. That would be so cool no, to do. We, just we totally to, do that. You know, someone who's dedicated their life to to you know preserving. Mm-hmm. That much of the rainforest and the biology and nature mm-hmm. when it's being th- it was being threatened, you know, to be just, turned into. Yeah. A I mean, it still is, is, but I mean, if you think about it, like you know, we're these suburban kids in the middle of Chicago. I or, know we're just these nerds, right? And we we're like able to. You guys were able to go like married you went two three times, and Mike, you've went two already, and he's mm-hmm. already like given you the the keys to the land, so to speak, where he's like just reach out whenever you want, and you yeah. guys can come back and because you care. Like that's a really crazy thing, right? Like I you, feel very honored because. Yeah, being just a random schmuck from Schaumburg, Illinois, right, and being able to make these connections with people halfway across the world, I feel very honored. I feel very honored. You know, I um, think it's cool. I I, yeah, it is is cool. You know, it is very cool. And I mean, that's part half of what this project is all about is just exploring people's lives and and highlighting people that are trying Mm. to do great things, and hopefully that you know, what they're doing sparks more people to try and do mm. similar things at the very least well, of, of it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk very briefly about Eric Fretz and he just says he took all of these opportunities. And after he took all of these opportunities, more opportunities based off of those past opportunities showed up <laughs> for him. Like, Oh, you have Quite all these, karmic. Ex- you have all, it yeah, kinda is, you're right. a little bit. <laughs> like you have all the, the, this experience doing this and that and that, why don't you run this class? Mm hmm. Well, I'm not saying that, like, I'm going to go be an expedition tour guide or anything, but if you don't take these opportunities and see the rest of the world and meet people that you've never met before, you never planned on meeting, and you just say, yeah, let's do it, let's go, and then you have these opportunities, it can lead you down to 
greater experiences after that. You know, like I'm excited to see what's going to happen after, we, like during our next trip. Yeah, because that's so cool. You know, so I think I think a lot of times it's too is people don't realize. I think most of us think we are less, much less interesting than we are. Like when, like yeah. our, like when we look back at our story and start talking about all the things you've experienced, we we like to assume that it's like boring or something at the very least. But once you, like someone takes interest in your life and you kind of just start talking about it, like, holy shit, I have done some pretty interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys are not the least of which. Like you have this whole traveling thing, and we've barely scratched the surface in this barely. last like. Forty-ish minutes that we've talked about it, and then we cut the nursing side of it. That's still continuing on. Oh it's my like, God, we yeah. only did like thirty-five, like twenty minutes of that. Yeah. Like we could talk so much about how you guys study and how, like, just all like all the nitty-gritty. We can go super deep into yeah. it, and I, I just think it it's it gets lost on us because when you're too close to your own life, you just assume it's just boring, right? Because yeah. it's mm-hmm. your life, right? Like mm-hmm. you, that's your day in day out. It's your bread and butter. Like I just go home and I you know, play video games or some shit. <laughs> like, yeah. You just assume you're not as interesting as it's what, as you are. And not only that, right. it's, it's the, the impact you make on other people because by you guys telling your stories can help, you know, another person to go see the world or another yeah. person who wanted to go, you know, who feels these same thoughts or some way and say, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to go do that now. If, if and you, you don't realize that, you're going to have that. If you have that want to do it, you need to do it. Like I always wanted to do stuff like this, and until Mary influenced me and mm-hmm. traveling, now it's changed my life for the better. Yeah. But I've always had the want, but I was always scared of. Because the logistical how, part of it. How, how, how am I going to do it? <laughs> yeah. How do I do it? How am I going to do it? You just have to kind of go out on a limb. Yeah. You just have to do it. You just have to go and do it. Nike, and, just do right, it. I know. As lame as it sounds, Not just do it. Sponsored by Nike. <laughs> well, you can find a lot of information online too. Like, as lame as it sounds of like just do it i think it's such a true statement it's like yeah. it's like just do it or just ask because yeah. just asking and being interested in other people can open so many doors that you wouldn't have access to always otherwise. ask like yeah just yeah. like i don't know that's just kind of like the, the the last six months of my life have been kind of like it's like connecting to people and being like hey would they be interested and sometimes you don't get a response but you don't let those bother you because if they really cared they'd respond and if they don't so be it. Just yeah. move on. Cause there's always another person you can like reach out to, you know? And that's something for me, my stubbornness that traveling has shown me it, and I'm trying to work on it still is you, you have to ask questions. If you're in an unfamiliar area, mm-hmm. un- it, it can be anywhere. It could be at the gas station on the street, but if you don't know something, just ask the stupid question. Right. And once you get that answer, then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it makes you grow. Because you're being honest with yourself, like, okay, I don't know it. I'm just going to ask instead of being fearful of asking because we can just Google everything. Right. Well, a real answer can be drastically different than a Google answer, you know. I think it's the fear of failure. A lot of times. And still. Yeah. yeah. I know I know. it took me a long time to just be able to be like, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just a normal Humbleness. thing. Humbleness. Yeah. Humility. I mean, we spend, you know, until you're roughly 21 in school. And air quotes, yeah, yeah, that's why I put quotes yeah, around but it. Yeah, I didn't hear say those it. air quotes. <laughs> I try to enunciate it a little different, but like we spend so much time in school and we're chasing this grade and we're chasing you're afraid to fail. You're like, they yeah. teach you to be afraid you're supposed to, to fail, consort your yeah. contort yourself into a box and pretend to, to chase an arbitrary lettering of what piece of paper, whatever people tell you is pass and fail. But congratulations, real life doesn't have a grading scale on no. it. <laughs> life, life life in its core is easy it's easy 
we are the only ones who make it difficult. It's the ability to think. Mm-hmm. It gets you into problems and it gets you into it gets you out of problems, but it also creates so many more. <laughs> Sometimes not thinking a lot is easier. You know, in some areas you just have to t- absorb it. You yeah. just have to absorb where you, what you're doing and where you're at rather than think too much. Well, I think that's where nature comes in. Yeah. So this is a great podcast, guys. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having us. We've been, this was a long time coming. We can keep going. We could keep going. Part one. Yeah. I I suppose part one. Multi-part series. This is, I mean, it's the Mike and Mary show at this point. (laughs) This is going to be growing. Stay tuned, folks. There's just a lot of stuff that we have planned together. Um, Mike is the ultimate sponge of hearing all of my crazy ideas for this the experiment that is feeding curiosity. Fun fact, I started actually writing things down <laughs> that Eric says so I can remember them. There's so many of them. I, rem- I, I have too many ideas. Yeah. So with that, everyone. See ya. See you next time. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.